Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. This podcast is designed to help us better understand and love those around us who have made religious choices different than we would have expected or would have chosen for them. I'm your host, Cherie Best. Joining me today is Julie. Julie is a wife and the mother of six wonderful children with 11 fabulous grandchildren. She is an avid reader, loves racket sports and music, especially playing the piano. She works as a grief specialist and a healing coach and trainer. Julie is the author of Miracles in the Darkness, a book of hope and healing after tremendous loss. Welcome, Julie. Thanks. Good I'm to be so, here. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I would love for you to just jump in and share a little bit about why you're here today. What was your story? What has your journey been? Well, life is interesting. It takes us on all types of uh, twists and turns. Um, since your podcast is really focused on uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'll give you a little background of my journey through that because I was raised in a household where my mom was a very um, active member by the time I was you know, old enough to remember. Very, very active, still is. My dad was... Um, not religious at all, not spiritual at all. In fact, he had grown up with a lot of trauma and so was, and didn't know what to do with that. So he was a pretty angry and um, volatile. And so that's a household I grew up in was this very stark um, contrast. And as I grew up and I saw, you know, my mom's family thriving and I saw my dad's family not thriving. I, I saw that contrast. And I'm like, that's what I want. Like, I want that spiritual foundation in my own home. And I married, I married um, a man in the Salt Lake Temple. We had three children. And then he went off the deep end um, in a very real way, which we don't have time to go into. And so that marriage ended in divorce and I remarried. We've been married for 30 years now. We had three more children wow. and um, our two youngest died in a car accident on Mother's Day in 2007. And the, the night that they died, I remember having this feeling like this thought they're safe forever. Like it was crazy. Like it was so, it was such a traumatic experience. And, and that's why I wrote the whole book, you know, about like miracles in the darkness, like in the like super challenging um, times of our life, there are really truly miracles. Um, but I also believe there's miracles all along the way and in every moment. Um, but over time, my, my husband um, stopped attending church um, and three of our four children who are still living um, stopped attending church. And and all of those circumstances were very different. Some of them were just like, they kind of drifted away. Some of those were very stark and sudden experiences. Um, those were the hardest for me. The, the drifting away, like I had time to kind of figure things out um, and come to terms with things. But I've learned so much. And really, the, that's what this is all about, right? Like we we have this just very narrow view of how life works and how it's supposed to work. And I realized how narrow my view was of things. Yeah. And it has mm -hmm. um, truly broadened my view and 
um, yeah, brought so much love and peace into my life that I don't know that I would have had otherwise. So I'm really grateful for the experiences that I've had. That's really cool. I'm so glad you're in the place you are. I think we have a lot of listeners out there who are not to that place yet. So can you talk to us a little bit about how did you struggle through that? Like, were you angry? Were you sad? What were your emotions going through it? And then how did you get to the place that you're at now? Well, I think part of it is I have a very unique perspective because I've dealt with so much loss in my life. And this is really a loss. You know, when we, when we have expectations and then those expectations don't happen, it creates this, this gap between what we wanted and what we got, you know, and that right. is the space of loss. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's been years of um of transition of experiencing this and th there's so many experiences it would be impossible to enumerate them all but i think there is a part of me so in my in my first marriage my first husband like i mentioned went off the deep end like he truly went off the deep end uh and and i i he had a a motorcycle accident when we'd been married about three years, we were expecting our first baby. He had a motorcycle accident, the head injury. And, and I really feel like that was kind of a pivotal moment where things went off for him. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately he, he didn't do the work. Like he didn't recognize it. Medical medical field didn't really recognize it at the time either. Um, how head injuries can affect us, but he really truly went off the deep end. And, and there was a, there was a piece of me and this is where I, here I was married to him in the temple. And I thought, I thought my salvation was tied to his. Okay. That was my first mistake. <laughs> I think that's will. a that common was, belief too. It is such a common belief, especially in marriage. We've been sealed. You know, we, we have this idea that in order to make it to the highest degree of heaven that we have to be in the celestial marriage and we can't make it any other way and and the lord really taught me over time that i didn't need to be worried about everybody else's salvation that he was taking care of that in fact i love this quote from joseph smith he said the great jehovah knows the situation of both the living and the dead and has made ample provision for their redemption. Oh, I love that. I have, I have, I read that quote years ago uh, because I was a genealogist. I did a lot of work in genealogy over the years. And, um, and this quote was at the beginning of, of one of our, you know, books uh, way back when, but if we think about that, the great Jehovah knows the situation of both the living and the dead and has made ample provision for their redemption. And if we just like state like that is what hope and faith is. That is what like, I used to think the opposite of fear was faith. But my thought process has changed. And I feel like the opposite of fear is love. Ooh, yeah. Like that. And that has become really, really more apparent to me over the years is like, it's, it's the fear 
that that puts us in so much discomfort when things don't turn out the way we think they should. Yeah. And anytime we put a should in there, we're usually need to kind of examine that a little closer. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, and, and I, I also think like early on, it, you know, I understood this idea of love people, love people where they're at and so forth. But there was this, there, there was this little bit of this, like, there was a little bit of an underlying pity in that love them where they are, you know, like, let's have pity yeah. for them that they don't get it. And we do, I, gosh, that is not what Jesus taught. No. What, what did Jesus teach when he approached people who had growth that they needed to make, which would be every single person? Absolutely. We're not talking about the people within the church and the people outside of the church. And the, we're talking about all people. Yeah. All people have growth that they need to do. And when we recognize our own discomfort, our own fear, our own um, heaviness that we carry, that's just letting us know that there, there's something that needs to be healed. And, and when we can heal that space in us that says, I know better than God does, because that's basically what we're doing. Like he put us all here on this earth in this mortal existence. And so when we sit there and say, it shouldn't be this way. When I say, when, if I tell this story, I shouldn't have been raised by an angry father. I, I shouldn't have had, my, my first husband shouldn't have done the things that he did. I shouldn't have been, you know, whatever, whatever the story is. Whenever we put that into our story, we're saying, I know better than God. It's a really, really good way to look at it. Because yeah, he knows everything. Like, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I'm uncomfortable with the way things look, I go, okay, wait a second. Why am I arguing with God right now? Like he has us all. He's aware of every single person. He has assigned every single one of us, angels of light, guardians, um, spirit guides, whatever you want to call that. Every single one of us have that. Every person on the planet, whether they're listening to that or not, we all have it. It's a beautiful thought to think that that's true is very, it brings peace. Yeah. 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 What would you, what would you say to the person who's struggling and saying, how can this be God's will? How can this be the plan? What would you say to them? Well, I'd go back to, you know, Doctrine and Covenants 121. All this shall give you experience. And it gives us all experience. It, it gives the person who um, decides to separate themselves from the church. And 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 I am in this place of like, I. so what I realized 
a year ago um, when we had another, you know, change in, in status of members that are attending church and not was that um, what I realized was a lot of my discomfort was, was not even because they were choosing out. It was because I wanted things to stay the same and because I, I was comfortable with what was. Sure. You know, I was comfortable with the idea that, you know, my grandkids would get baptized at the age of eight and then they would um, go through all these stages and that I would get to participate in all that. And that was, it was a loss to realize that some of my grandkids wouldn't experience those things, which I had found a lot of joy in and, and happiness in. But it was, there was, it was more about my discomfort of losing some of these traditions if you will, like, you know, because I, because for so many years I had, I had begun to understand that we're all God's children and he doesn't, he doesn't um, discount any of us and he doesn't throw away any of us. I'm also a, a really big student of near death experiences. I have been for years and years. Um, I lost my brother to suicide. And even before that, I read a lot of near-death experiences and was just enthralled. Like these are people who have been on the other side and then have been given the opportunity. And I think this is from God. I think it's a, a gift that he has given us. I agree. That spirit has given us to understand better what's on the other side. And as I read these various um, accounts, what is universal in all those accounts? God's love. Like this tremendous, they get to the other side and they're just engulfed in all these, all this love. And so many of them talk about, you know, seeing members of their family that had passed on before. And I'm not just talking about people that are members of our church. Right. We can create barriers to our thinking by the cultural um, beliefs within, you know, within the, the religion. And I think our Heavenly Father is really inviting us to open our eyes to his love for all of us. And that if somebody chooses a different path, then he honors that. Okay, now that sounds like, what do you mean he honors that? It is very, very clear everywhere you look. In any, actually, as I've, as I've looked at a lot of different spiritual practices or understanding, it is very clear universally that our will our choice, our agency is God-given. Yes. It's a big, big piece of the plan. And it's like he sends us down here to this earth school and says, okay, you're going to have some really unusual experiences. And I know you signed up for this and this and this. In fact, a few years ago, like, you know, after my divorce and I lost my brother and lost my kids. I mean, even before I lost my kids, all these 
all these things that happened in my life. And, and I was like, okay, I signed up for a bunch of stuff and I'm wondering how I get off that list. <laughs> how do I get You're off like, wait, this I don't list? actually want these things. <laughs> um, and then my kids died. I was finally getting to that place where I was feeling like, okay, things are okay. Things will, will be good. And then the kids died and it was like, just all over again. Um, but you, you know, that's part of the learning process is we get to, you know, God breaks down what we understand. Every time we experience a loss, he's like saying, okay, you understood things at this level. Now I'm inviting you to look at it this level. And, and I always, and especially now that I'm in my sixties, <laughs> I always like to say, you know, in God's eyes, I'm still five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, in God's eyes, we're all just children. You know, we're just young. We're immature in this state. Um, anyway, I have a lot of thoughts and uh, things about all of this. And actually, when uh, when I when not uh, like a couple of years ago, we had a very sudden, you know, kind of where someone had been very active and then became very, you know, announced that they were leaving. And it was very like night and day overnight, which was so shocking. And I had to reconstruct again. Like it was again, this destruction or this de deconditioning or deconstruction of my belief systems and an opportunity to learn and grow from the experience. But that very week, I came across this quote that I loved so much. And it's from M. Catherine Thomas, who was a professor at BYU and ancient scripture, I believe. But she wrote, It is also helpful to realize that much of what happens here in the temporal world will pass away into the black hole of eternity and find extinction there. Damage we suffered from others will be healed. Damage we inflicted on others will be mended. Ignorance will give way to the full picture. Tears will dry. Shattered dreams will expression. Lessons we thought we learned too late will find application here and in the world to come. Oh, I've never heard that. And I love it. Tell me her name one more time. M. Catherine Thomas. And this was in her book called Spiritual Lightning. Wow. That is a very hopeful quote, like just beautiful yeah. perspective. And, and we see this from testimonies of those that have gone to the other side. And I think it's really interesting. And I, and I, I'm a very active member. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to give anybody the impression that I'm not, but um, I'm a very active member, but I think it's also instructive that we have literally thousands of near death experiencers now that have come back and testified of what they have felt and seen and that overarching love that they felt. Um, even some that the one that comes to my mind immediately is um, Howard Storm. I don't remember the name of his book, but he talks about being a complete atheist. He was in his thirties and he died in France. Um, he's, he was here, he was in the States um, as a professor, but he was complete atheist, his whole family was atheist. He had like no religious 
ties, understanding anything. And he, he was in Europe and died and he had a hellish experience um, where he was met by, you know, he describes being met by demons and, and being just like tormented by them. But then he, he shares how he, in that moment, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was just like, you know, Jesus, if there's a Jesus, help me. Wow. And when he said that, the light came and he was brought into heaven and he, he came back a changed man. And that is universal too, of all people who have had near death experiences because they've touched heaven in a very real sense and they come back changed. Interestingly, they come back. Um, I have some friends who have, who have experienced near death experiences too. Um, they come back changed in a very real way. Like their eyes are open to God, heaven, that light, that love, that tremendous love that, and that's really what we're being asked to do over and over and over again is, can we learn love? Can we learn to just let go of all the stories we tell, all the nonsense that we, you know, I mean, I do it myself. I was telling somebody today about something that I was, you know, working through and I'm like, I know it's all a story, but like right, right now I can't like, I can't put myself into the new story in this moment. Um, but it's, you know, it's, can we access that? So they come back with this knowledge of this love that is so tremendous and so many of them have their eyes open and they can literally see the angels around us they 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 can see the energy around us um but they also come back very often depressed oh really because they have touched heaven mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they have been in that all encompassing love that's not um veiled by the darkness, the heaviness. I think our body a lot of times is the veil, um, and 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 just the the heavy energies that are here, you know. Um, and so there's that that duality of, but yeah, just Howard Storm. He was actually um, there was a, a new movie that was just out. That I can't remember the name of it. Angel Studios uh, produced about near-death experiences and he was oh, yeah i remember seeing that yeah. yeah yeah he was one of the people that they interviewed but he came back like seeing angels and and wanting to participate in in a church and he became a a, a pastor and uh, did all this humanitarian work and literally lost his wife and two boys because they could not comprehend the change in him he was so different wow um, yeah, but he he is you know people have said well what church should I join he says doesn't matter <laughs> yeah now that's not to say that we discount the the light and the love and the the goodness that we've received within the gospel of Jesus Christ as we know it through the Church of Jesus Christ it's just to say that it's okay. I, I heard somebody tell a story recently that I just loved. Um, another another person, not of our faith, and he he told this story. He's like, you know, imagine that you're separated from your kids for years and years, and um, they've been 
kidnapped or something, you know, and he says that they've been taken away. And all of a sudden you get this message. They're coming back. They're coming to your house that day and they show up. And he says, do you care what the vehicle is that they show up in? Ooh, good point. Does it matter if they're in a limo or a car that's breaking down? Nope. And God, God just wants us to turn towards him. That's all. That's all. And and so it's it's challenging because we have all this built up belief. In fact, I wanted to, even in um, President um, President Nelson's talk recently, where he said, "Thanks, Celestial." Uh, he said, "So this was in the notes." This was in the notes from his talk. Um, it wasn't in his talk itself, but if you look at the footnotes, this is what he said. He said, it may prove to be easier to repent and progress spiritually here while our spirit is united with our body than in the next world where the time we, um, between the time when we die and are resurrected. As Amulek taught the apostate Zoramites, this life is the time to prepare to meet God. But I think we miss the piece we think in terms of, and I thought this forever and ever and ever, but my life has been so impacted by death and life and and ups and downs that I've had to examine these things. And I think that's what's giving me the perspective that I've been given. And so it's going to be very different for everybody. But from my perspective, you know, I, I believe forever and ever that we we come to this earth and it never sat right with me like i like from a child i was like this doesn't make sense but you know i believe that we came came to this earth and that every decision that we make here is going to determine exactly where we go in the next life and that's it like you know lights out like we die it's over like the testing period is over and it's all this big test and we might fail the exam. And I'm like, how does, how does that make sense? Like, how does that make sense? I, I imagine that you're in, in, in a college and you're not, you know, one person, let's say 50 people go in this class where they basically just feed them lunch. <laughs> and another group goes in another class where they just feed them desserts. <laughs> I want to be in that one. And another group goes into this other class that teaches them all these principles about how to live a happy life. And then they're at the end, they're all given this exact same exam that they have to fill out. And if they don't pass it, oh, well, like it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And so what, what we miss and what, President Nelson is saying here is there's a time between like our, our, what we commonly call the second estate doesn't end when we die. There's still time. There's time. There's still time. And when we get on the other side and we like, we often talk about, you know, Christ descending from his throne above to come to this world we all descended to come to this world. Now, not from the same position that Jesus came. Yeah. But all of us, all of us 
chose to dim our light with a body to receive experience. And for whatever reason, some people's experience includes membership in the church throughout their life. Other people find it later in life. Some people never find the church as an organization. Some people are members for a time and they learn what what it is they need to learn within the church and then they move to a different experience. And that we just look at it all as, as experience. And I know that if I had heard somebody say this to me two years ago or even 30 years ago, I would have been like, what the, what are you talking about? <laughs> I would have dismissed it. I would have said they were crazy. I had so many thoughts, like, you know, like going back to my first marriage, like I really thought that I had to save him in order for me to be okay. Yeah. And, and that like, um, like that is so much yucky energy and pressure in a marriage that puts us as judges of each other. It does. It does. And we have inadvertently made ourselves judges of everybody else. You know, a a couple of months ago, I had a conversation with someone who I dearly love and, um, and we were having this conversation and it was astonishing to me. And I guess not really, not really surprising. They thought that I thought they were going to hell. Hmm. That's a terrible thought. Yeah. And I was grateful for the opportunity to say, I don't feel that way at all. I don't feel that way at all. For so many people, and I am, I am, because of the work that I do, I hear the most devastating stories. People experience so much loss, so much pain. For so many people, the hell is here. What they've experienced here is more than a a body can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And we we get to just love and respect people and allow them to love and respect us where we are. Yeah. And not from a place of I know better because if there's one thing I've learned, it's that I don't know anything. <laughs> That's why if you, if we do the same energy, uh, energy, the same interview a year from now, I'm sure I would say totally different things. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're all in that learning process. Yeah. I would love to know what you would say to those who are in that space of loss, because losing someone who we thought we're going to stay in that religious space with us. And then they don't. Sometimes when you said it's too much for the body, that kind of a loss can be just as devastating, just as crushing to us, debilitating even. And what would you say to help people, especially with your, with your grief counseling that you do, how, what would you say to help them get from the space that they're at feeling crushed 
and debilitated and unable to function to a space that you're describing that space of acceptance and love and peace, how, what could someone do if they're in that space to get where you're describing? Um, it's, it's so hard to describe in few words. Uh, one thing, one tip. Yeah. I really, I'm just, I'm just kind of internally asking, okay, what is the, I think the, the one thing that I would offer and that I think um, our Heavenly Father would ask us to do, and that would be to ask in prayer to, to teach us, teach us how to how to uh, move from judgment to love, teach us his love, allow, allow us to see his love for the person that we love. I, you know, we think that we love people. We, we don't, we don't even have an idea of what that is. I, I think about the people that I love and I'm like, I, I fall so short of loving them the way that, our heavenly father loves them, that Jesus loves them, our heavenly mother, even their angels, their guides, their, like, we are so loved. We are so loved. And, and the, the, the angels and our spirit guides that, that our heavenly father has sent to help us are just standing there, just waiting for us to say, help, help me. That's all. Um, I, you know, I look back, I was so devastated a couple of years ago. Um, and I was just like, I hadn't felt that much pain in a long time. And I really had to go, okay, what is this? Because I was so angry. I'm like, that's not from God, you know, in, in, in everywhere, everywhere we read, God invites us to have joy. God invites us to love. God invites us to um, be of good cheer. And I have looked at my life and I've been like, okay, exactly how am I supposed to be in good cheer when these horrible things happen? And I think there's space, like they're so patient with us because remember we're just a bunch of five-year-olds you know from a heavenly view like they understand how hard it is here yeah and i think we kind of dismiss that we go oh i'm an adult now i, sh- I need i should have all the answers and then we like we judge ourselves we judge other people if we could stop judging ourselves so much if we could start loving ourselves if we could start accessing and really like a belief is just something we think over and over again. We need to practice believing that we are loved. We need to practice believing that the people we love are loved. We need to practice believing that even these people that do these awful things are loved and cared for. And there's a plan for them too. I love that thought because it, 
It opens us up to hope. We are not doomed because we're not perfect. They are not doomed because they're not perfect. I love that idea so much because it just like opens you up like to hope. And to, it just is an incredible way of thinking. I love that that's your suggestion. Well, and it boils down to faith, hope, and charity. I mean, we see that pattern over and over and over again. And, you know, I've, I've spent a few years studying faith, hope, and charity. And for a long time, I was like, hope, like, isn't hope just kind of the same thing as faith? And, and, um, and I learned over time that hope is different than faith. Um, hope is expectancy. It's like, it's expecting the good things to happen. It's expecting the light after this life. It's expecting the, um, you know, God's love and on every, on every turn. Um, it's, you know, it, it, if we could, if we could start to see beyond what we can see with our physical eyes, and we can see how loved and supported we are in this space, and how the people that we love are so loved and supported in this space, and um, that that we have so much help, and and more than we know. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, a, a few years ago, I was thinking about this whole thing of faith, hope, and charity. And, and, and this was what, this is what I was taught. And, and um, so I do a lot of journaling and then, you know, recent <laughs> kind of tuning again and trying to teach me, teach me what this is. So this is what I was taught was that, that hope is like, is like the destiny. It's it's like moving towards the destination, right? It's like when you put a destination in the GPS. Mm -hmm. When you put a destination in the GPS, that's hope. Like you you are expecting to go to that place, and sometimes you have to be rerouted, but you're expecting to go to that place. I like right? it. Yeah. The vehicle is faith. The vehicle that we travel in is faith. And the fuel is love. Oh, that is a beautiful analogy. That makes it so easy to understand. Image. Yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Julie. You have just been a wealth of knowledge and hope for us today. I'm so glad you were able to join us here. I would love it if you would take a minute and just talk for a minute about how what you do Uh for your career and how you help people. And if someone on this call or on this podcast wanted to reach out to you and um, get help from you, how would that work? And I'm going to also put information in, in our show notes for that, but talk just a, a minute about what you do. Well, I, I will just a couple more th uh, things that I'll just add is that you know, because of the work that I do, because I, I work with people who have experienced loss, but I also work with, I, I just work with people who are, are just, you know, trying to move forward in life that feel really stuck. A lot of times that stuckness is because of a devastating loss. Like, you know, when I lost my two children in a car accident, it was, I was driving the car. It was horrendous. It was like life altering. Um, but there's hope, you know, again, like it, there, we don't have to live in that dark space. And just like I was saying a couple of years ago, sometimes I reflect back on, 
on my response and how devastated I was. And I look back on that and I'm just like astonished at how devastated I was. It's just really astonishing to me. And then I, you know, and then I'm just grateful for the things that I've, I've learned along the way, but in, in the, uh, you know, I work with people who are of all faiths and, and practices and, or even without faith and, and um, of any kind. And, but one of the things that I have come across, not only in our faith, but especially mothers in all faiths is their, um, the, the very real loss that they feel when their children, who they've raised a certain way, who they feel like they've given them this advantage of raising them in a faith that they have themselves loved. Like this happens to all people in our society who raise their children in a certain way and then see that those children leave that faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a pretty universal experience and it, and it, and I've had women come to me and go, it's like everything that I did didn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. And so first I would just invite anybody that's listening to know, to know deep in their heart that everything that they did was meaningful and impactful and they did it with love and they can continue to show love for the people that they love no matter the circumstances and they can continue to feel worthy of their experience as a parent they don't have to feel like they're less than or unworthy because of decisions their children make it's beautiful Thank you so much for sharing that. If you um, want to, oh, go ahead, Julie. Yeah, so so my website is juliecluff.com, which is always woefully behind as far as being updated. <laughs> We're in the middle of another update. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go to juliecluff.com. I'm on Facebook, Build a Life After Loss with Julie Clough. I'm on Instagram, juliecluffcoaching.com. Um but yeah, get connected with us. If you go to the website, we've got, I have an angel ebook you can download and learn more about our angels and how much they love us and how much they want to help us, um, which is a, a beautiful thing, especially when we're, you know, challenged with our relationships, we can get our angels involved. Um, I, I have some um, tools for beginning to, you know, rebuild your life when you're experiencing loss. So, you know, it, when you download one of those tools and you also get our weekly emails and, and then you get to see what the latest is. Cause I never know what's next. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, what's next. And I just, laugh. Awesome. I'm just guided to the next thing. So friends, Very if cool. you are well, enjoying you so these much podcast for episodes, today, Julie, please share them with anyone you think could benefit and join us again next time for another episode of just love them.